Well, hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us for this next podcast, the Peninsula Podcast. Uh, we're looking forward to the discussion today over what the deacon ministry at Peninsula is all about. My name's Daniel, lead pastor at Peninsula, and joining me on one of the microphones today is Mr. David Dowdy. Good morning, David. How are you doing today? I am doing well. It's great uh, to be here. Good. Uh, David is one of the faithful men of our church, um, has been here. How many years have you attended? You know, I was in preparation for this. I was trying to think back, and, you know, like many of us, we we gauge time based on our kids' ages. So I believe it's in excess of 20 years now. Okay, so yeah. yeah. When I say longtime faithful member, then that really stands to that. Yep. So 20 years, you and I kind of share that. I, I know, like you... Uh, I am in love with Peninsula and uh, the people that are here and just love the sweet fellowship we have here. Uh, David uh, has served in many different capacities here. You've done a lot of different things. You've Mm -hmm. done some, back in your construction days, you came in and did some construction work for us. That's right. Built some some of the countertops that are still standing. Um, Yes. (laughs) I'm thrilled to see they're still standing. Yes, that's amazing. But at at your current uh, place of service, you are the chairman of the deacon body that we have here. And so that's one reason I invited you in. Um, to be able to come and talk yeah. a little bit about it. Before we talk about the deacons, though, love to hear uh, just a little bit about who you are, um, what you do, and your family, and how long you've been married, all those kind of things, so people can put a oh, voice a with, a, with a name, and when they see your name or know who you are, they can go, oh, I know that guy. Great, great. Yeah, so I've been here a long time. I actually met my wife, Mimi, um, at Huntersville First Baptist Church, and as we were uh, newlyweds, we were still attending down there, and and as we started a family, we were. I tell everybody it was, you know, the the process on Sunday morning of getting ready to go to worship, and um, we with one son, we kind of made it. Yeah, sort of on time. And two zones were late a little <laughs> bit. And three. Hey, if like, you're five minutes late with a child, you're on time. Yeah. Just <laughs> <laughs> so living in Mooresville and you know, attending in Huntersville just was not a long term uh, plan. Yeah, that's so, tough. that was the church that Mimi grew up in, and and you know where our, where we met. And so we followed a number of our other members here at Peninsula that came from. Uh, Huntersville. So okay. it was a long, long time ago. I led uh, a singles Bible study, a Sunday school class down there, right. and it's funny to see some of our married couples here at Peninsula <laughs> were actually in in that class. So yeah, was, but you know, don't, I think you know, I had mentioned the sweet fellowship that we have here. Mm-hmm. I think it's that longevity of friendships and doing life together that brings some of that sweet fellowship because you guys. Based on what you just said, have done life together really in, in mm-hmm. a way. I mean, you've watched families grow, watched children grow, and absolutely. We were talking the other day about some of the the babies that we held in the nursery <laughs> when we had first come here, and now yeah. they're graduated, they're yeah, married. It makes it's you like, feel a little wow, old. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> well, you can't be a day over thirty five, so I don't. No, know. not not at all. <laughs> but you know, we're blessed. We have three sons: Hunter, Holland, and Harris, and you know, they're all. Ready raised here. Um, and, you know, it's just been a big part of our life through the years. And um, Hunter's now, what, 23, I believe, mm. um, graduated. He's, How did that happen? <laughs> I know. It, it's crazy. Holland's a senior in, in college and Harris is a sophomore right now. So, you know, they're all out of the house. And it's such a, because of some of the roots that they had here, 
you know, I know we're likely getting off topic here, That's but it, it's neat no, to, hear, to know you. hear, you know, Harris is playing baseball at, at a junior college and, you know, he's participating in one of the guys on the team started a Bible study after practice. And yeah. so there's a group of that team meeting every week and about, it's like, That's amazing. Wow. Yeah, that's you good know, to hear. It's it's really neat to see them growing up and, you know, coming into their own as adults, as young men, and to know, I mean, we get to, you get to see it every day and, and to be around for the years that we have been, what Peninsula offers and the grounding, the foundation that, you know, sometimes we don't see it day to day, but man, when you look right. back, that's pretty cool, pretty yeah. cool to see. The days can be long, but the years are really fast. Yes, when you're parenting and when you're doing ministry too. Sometimes yeah. the days are long, but those long days add up to beautiful years, right? And you know, and then you see the fruit of it. Yeah. So that's yeah. awesome. So, um, how many years out of the twenty plus years have you served um, as a deacon at Peninsula? Well, you know, as as a elected deacon, we serve three year terms, and right. I believe this is my third season of three. The way that the way that it operates here is we're elected, serve three years, and then we have to take at least one year off. Right. We all need a, a season of recovery. Yeah. Right. And rest, and and so I believe this is my third time. Second second time as deacon chair. Yeah. So. With that, us uh, requiring a year off, probably if someone's not very familiar with the deacon ministry and what the deacon does, they probably thought, my land, what in the world? you got to take a year off from what actually are you doing that is so difficult? And we're going to get into that in just a, f- a few minutes. Some of the, I would probably say that the majority of the service that a deacon does, and I don't know if I could put a percentage on it, I'll just say majority, <clears throat> is behind the scenes. The church right. is unaware of when they show up on Sunday what has taken place during the week, but also on that Sunday morning and during the service of what all's going on. Um, I think the only time the deacons are really seen out in front of everybody is when we take communion, right? Because it's, it's here the deacons serve communion, um, and so uh, every most everything else is kind of behind the scenes. Well, most of the congregation, most of the body recognizes us because of the Thanksgiving dinner, <laughs> right? Right. That's another. All right, I'd forgotten about that. That's another place where the right. deacons kind of. Are standing out and shining, and that's a that's a service of the thing. That's really kind of a biblical thing. Now, I don't want you to think if we don't do the Thanksgiving dinner one year that right. the deacons have failed in some way, <laughs> but for that to happen and the deacons make it happen and to serve is really kind of goes back to the Acts six calling of the deacons. Um, yeah. We're going to talk about that in just a few yeah. moments too. Um, so before we get into the deacons, uh, the biblical call, and then how Peninsula um, answers that biblical call with the deacon body, mm-hmm. um, I just kind of want to say uh, one one thing that we need to do as a church, if we want to have longevity as a church, is we need to challenge anything that would look or appear or be a human tradition, because human traditions alone are not sinful. But when you put it in the church context, it can become like a sacred cow that kind of gets in the way of ministry moving forward. And so anything that a church does needs to come underneath the spotlight of Scripture. You know, why are you doing what you're doing? Why are you doing it the way you're doing it? And the pandemic really afforded us to be able to step back and go, okay, let's look at everything we do from 
I mean, we did. We looked at where our offices were placed, why they were placed there. I mean, we looked at every little iota, um, and the deacons was part of it. Let's look at the deacon ministry. Is it looking like what Scripture called the church to do with the deacon's ministry? And so, um, you know, that's that's kind of why I wanted the church to know, because I had someone come up to me, um, and I'm going to let you talk in just a minute. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I just kind of want to give the context of why we're talking about the deacons. I've, uh, when the pandemic happened, we, had, we were one of the first churches in the area to open up. And uh, so we had a, a good many people visiting us. Um, and uh, as a result of that, some of those people stayed. But they were coming from other denominations. And I had someone just recently tell me, uh, hey, I grew up going to church, but I've been to a bunch of different churches and a bunch of different denominations. I love Peninsula. I, I love what's going on here. But can you tell me, what is the deacon ministry? I don't get that. How does that serve? And so I was able to talk with them about that. And so one reason to have a podcast on deacons, um, whether you grew up in a Baptist church forever or you're brand new, is to kind of not just say, here's what the deacon ministry is, but here's what it is at Peninsula. Right. And, and here's why we do it the way we do it. I think if you can't answer the why, you need to go back and revisit the drawing board, right? Right. <laughs> it's exactly the right. why is big yep. uh, to what we do. So... Um, before we do that, though, you serve as the chairman. So obviously the deacon body is organized in some way, right? Right. So can you talk a little bit about the organization, how it works, whatever comes to mind about you being the chairman? Sure. Well, the deacon ministry is really – it's a group of 15 men um, elected to serve here at Peninsula. And as I said, we serve three-year terms. So the way that the structure is is laid out is that – for those who have been around for a while, you kind of know that we um, elect five deacons each year. So there's a nomination process from the church body. And then you know through a, a season, several weeks go by where there's a nomination process. And then you know there's a little bit of a some conversation with those that were nominated. Do they qualify based on some standards that we have here at Peninsula of attendance, not attendance, of, of membership right. um, and that kind of thing? And, and then... We we put it before the church church body, and the body elects those that will serve for the next three years. And granted, there there are occasions where um, maybe somebody moves away, or um, there's some health issues, or something where yeah, you know, maybe we need to elect six to kind of fill in a gap or something. Right. But but it's set up to where we have 15 members of the deacon ministry that that serve. And so with 15 members, there's a lot of moving parts, mm-hmm. a lot of demands on life. And, and so the overall structure is we, we have a chairman um, that organizes the meetings, make sure that we have good communication flowing amongst the 15. And you know, we serve as a liaison from a communication standpoint and service standpoint, you know, to serve you, to serve the pastors and and help the ministry of the church move forward. So like with any large family, with any business, any organization, they're take they're, the structure is required to keep things in line, if you will. Yeah, and the being communication good, being flowing. good stewards. Yes. Right. Yep. Yep. So we meet once a month and um and discuss some of the business of the church, some of the things coming, some of the things that we witness, that we see or hear, and just help facilitate the ministries being effective and, and serving not only the church body, but the community. 
Yeah, and one reason to do it, any church that is going to claim to be a church, um, should kind of answer the call to the two offices that is established for the church, one being the pastor-elder's office and one being the office of deacons. And so there's the two main offices that are to help the ministries move forward, to shepherd well, to love well, and things like that. And, and I've, I'm always encouraged in the meetings with the deacons when some one of the deacons will say, hey, did you notice that this particular family, uh, they just had a, a loss, or this person just lost their job, or you know, is anything being done toward them? And it's just another layer of caring for and shepherding the church well. Right. It, I, the the office, the staff here at Peninsula just does a phenomenal job of of monitoring, of witnessing, of seeing, of hearing. You know, there's so many ministries going on that I don't think the that's part of the reason for the podcast here is because there's so much going on, it's hard for a uh, you know, a member mm-hmm. coming and going to really understand. And so in addition to the church staff, if you will, so now we've got 15 more that serve as that, you know, the, the eyes and ears perhaps and help disseminate information or the rest of the story, if you will. Yeah. But I, I want to go back. You used the term sort of a slash between a pastor elders. And I think, you know, from my childhood, I remember being in some, some churches that talked about elders. Right. So there's deacons, there's elders, there's pastors, mm-hmm. help Help that. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, pastor elder is really a synonymous term. Okay. And uh, they're kind of the same, one and the same. Uh, churches that decide to go to an elder structure um, are finding people within their own body that has a specific calling to be an overseer over the body. So um, you, you, would, you would take someone that has similar qualifications of what it is to be a deacon, mm-hmm. but then you would clearly see a calling to be an elder. In other words, you wouldn't just go in and appoint someone to be an elder because, hey, you look good. They have to have that calling. And that's a little bit tricky um, because uh, Scripture is very clear that the overseer or the pastor or the elder is responsible for the spiritual walk of the flock. And so at the end of the day, the pastor lays their head down on their pillow and says, have I shepherded well today? And do I know anywhere that's doctrinally incorrect that I need to kind of pull people back in line? Um, And if the pastor's aware of it and not doing anything about it, that pastor's accountable Mm. to God, not to the church, but to God. And so it's it's a heavy, heavy calling. What allows the pastors to be able to do that is to not have to worry about, um, you know, some of the logistics of ministry because the deacon body is overseeing that. So, you know, that's why I say that the Thanksgiving dinner is such an example of that. It's, it just gives in one event kind of a biblical picture of what the deacon body does from their heart. Uh, serves the body, make sure everybody's cared for, make sure everybody has that extra dessert if they want. You know, that kind of thing. It's that kind of that concept. Um, it's kind of how that, that ties in, because if, if 
I, as a pastor, am going to have to focus on making sure people are shepherded well, making sure they're following doctrine, making sure that the human traditions aren't impacting negatively uh, to the flock or to the unity of the body, and then teaching the Word and being ready to teach the Word. If I had to do that, plus make sure that this family over here is being taken care of a certain way, well, I just don't have enough bandwidth for that. Right. I mean, if I was a church of five, yeah, you know, that's my mm-hmm. family, I guess. You might say <laughs> I, I could probably do that okay. I'm still mm-hmm. not great at that. But as the church grows and then having the deacon ministry kind of stepping in to help with that. And I think the deacon ministry, this is just from my opinion, I think the deacon, deacon ministry goes back to the model that was set up with Jethro mm-hmm. when he came to Moses and said, hey, you cannot do it all. You've got to delegate. You're... You think you're doing great, but you're being actually a less of a leader because you're trying to do it all. You need to delegate out to other people. So the apostles, when the body was growing, and you spoke to this right before we started the podcast, right. we were talking about the Acts 6 account, right. because I was asking you which which scripture text stuck out to you when we're talking about deacons, and you pointed out Acts mm-hmm. 6, um, where it originally started in. Uh, I think they took that model of delegating and saying, oh my goodness, what we're hearing in the body is true. Some people are being neglected, and neglected, and that's not cool. Right. <laughs> that, to put it in Daniel terminology. <laughs> I'm sure Paul said that. That's not cool, man. But um, uh, and they so I think to your point that I had missed before. I was so glad you pointed this out. You were talking about how they pulled the church body together. Yeah, when you go back and look at Acts six, and it, you know, there's several different steps that happened in that. The, it says that the, the teaching was going on, the number of disciples were growing. Mm. And again, fundamentally here at Peninsula, we're disciples making disciples. Right. Right? right. So the number of disciples was growing, and so there's just complexity that comes in with that, right? right? right. And you use the term bandwidth, and in life, in business, in, in ministry, the you can't say yes to everything mm-hmm. and do things effectively. Right. So being able to delegate, so a great opportunity for them to um, recognize, hey, we can't do. You know, the the uh, some folks came and said, hey, there are some people being overlooked. Right. I think specifically the widows, and and you know, gosh, there's so many examples of that. But being overlooked or not getting what they need. Right. And. Yeah, the the teachers, the apostles don't have the bandwidth to do all that as the number of disciples grows. So they said, hey, let's let's pull together, let's assign seven people, let's choose seven. And they pulled the church body together. I'm sure there were a bunch of, you know, this is the world, the, you know, the story according to Dad. <laughs> there, were, there were humans there. Yeah, yeah. They, hey, how about this guy? How about this guy? How about this guy? And But they pulled the body together and said, elect seven to meet this need. Yes, there there's certain criteria, but they've proven themselves to be faithful mm-hmm. and have wisdom and and you know to assign them to serve in this area over here so that those that have been called you know can continue to teach and and serve those ministries of growing the number of disciples. And the thing that, you know, that, you know kind of the, the way that story continues on is, so there was, they were growing in number, there was a need, they figured out a, a plan to fit that need, 
And then immediately they, those that were, you know, the apostles were able to go back to what they were originally doing and do that much better at that. And it says that the number of disciples continue to grow. So, you know, a good, mm-hmm. good life lesson of that, that delegation of we can't be, can't be all things to all people, can't do everything on our own, you know, stay in that calling and, and approach it wisely right. in order to meet the needs of the body. Yeah. Well, That's what we get to well do. Well spoken. Yeah, that, that was very well spoken. Um, and I think one thing it's important to kind of point out, too, the, the deacons are looking, they're listening, they're talking with, and they're rubbing elbows with the members. You know, they're up and down the hallway. I'm getting ready to speak a message. I'm not always able to walk them down the hallways and, and answer questions. People say, hey, I heard about this, heard about that, but the deacons are. And so one of the things that I think we enjoy of being a part of the deacons' meetings monthly is to give you guys, you know, communicate with you upfront information being completely transparent about the ministries, where we're trying to go. If you've heard a question from the membership, you can say, hey, a question was asking me of this, or, and we can kind of speak to that and, and, and everything, so that when you go back into the hallways, someone can come and find the, the deacon and say, hey, have you heard anything about this? What's going on with that? Because um, I'm convinced that the, the enemy loves inaccurate information, right? Satan loves inaccurate information. He's the accuser. Um, We as humans tend to gravitate toward the negative side of stories just simply because that's who we are. And I don't know if it's a protection thing that we put (laughs) ourselves in. We want to hear the worst first. I don't know (laughs) what it is. Um, But uh, the deacons serve here at Peninsula in a way that I think is is powerful in that, um, you know, just that communication layer. Right. You know, you're in the Sunday school classes. You're going on the fellowships. You're doing these things with people, and you're hearing the conversations. Um, and uh, you're saying, well, you know, I hear what you're saying. I'll take that. You know, we'll take that back to the next meeting and talk about that. Or um, I hear what you're saying, but you don't have the big picture. You don't have the full picture of what's going on. Let me help you with that. Right. That helps the unity of the body, right? So what was happening in the early church was because some of the widows were being overlooked, it was starting to create disunity in the body. Even mm. even back then, I mean, the first church, there was <laughs> disunity. And I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, you know, Jesus hadn't been up in heaven more than 100 years, and you're already having <laughs> disunity. But um, so the role of the deacon is to help maintain the unity of the body, um, to to be like a shock absorber for things, but also an accountability in a way of, hey, let's make sure we have all the accurate information, but an accountability back to the pastors too. Hey, this question is coming from the membership. It's being misunderstood. Can you clarify this for us? And if a pastor can't answer well a decision they've made, then the deacons need to say, we need to pray with you, brother. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So I think it's it's a good ebb and flow of, of creating that unity. And then one last thing I wanted to add to it, and you can speak to it, Uh, all you want, um, is I don't want to give the idea that because Peninsula has a deacon ministry, that the deacons do it all. The the deacons are to delegate as well. I mean, you think about the early church and the disciples were being added, and they just had seven men. 
I don't think those seven men went and did everything no. and everybody else just sat there. No. It was uh, those seven men probably went and grabbed some people and said, hey, we need to, will you help me with this? They were overseeing it, making sure that it was it was another layer of making sure things were being cared for. Right. It's just another layer in the organization, some structure to make sure things are happening. Um, and you touched on the, you know, call it shock absorbers or, or it. It is a two-way communication. Yes, right. we're able to. You, know, you you mentioned that a number of the deacons serve in multiple places oh, yeah. in this church. You yeah, know whether sure it's do. connect group leaders or the youth ministry or other committees and what you know ushers. They're they're all over and. And maybe that's why we need a year off <laughs> just to, to get back into in our other areas of service. But, you know, we're in those communications. So we, we come to together meeting with the staff and learn what's coming in, in the coming weeks, kind of some of the direction, long term, short term. And get the rest of the story, if you will, to your old, I think, Paul Harvey, yeah. the rest the of the rest story. Is, I wonder how many listeners actually remember. Well, Maybe a, we should it, do a podcast on the rest uh, of the story. That could I be used fun. to love Paul Harvey. Yeah, you wait for the end. <laughs> I know. You're like, yeah. oh, it's coming. It's going to yeah. be a good one. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, so we get, and even from the newsletter, the emails, you know, just asking a few questions, we get kind of the top level of the communication as a as a member and then there's other questions that arise and so in many cases the deacons are better equipped to have the rest of the conversation either one-on-one or i know we have it in our connect group some of that dialogue about what's going on here what's the plan for this or that Mm -hmm. and we're just a little bit more in the know but on the flip side of that is the questions are coming to us in many cases going this is what i heard you know, and mm-hmm. in some cases, it's boy, that is a good question. Yeah, yeah. I'll find out for you. Yeah, yeah. We will discuss that in the next. Well, meeting. it's interesting because in some of the deacons' meetings, you know, one of the deacons will ask a question, and um, I'll just kind of cut eyes over toward one of the pastors, thinking that's a really good question. Who, which one of us is going to answer that? Because I don't know that we can answer that right now. Right. You know, and I think that's healthy. I think that keeps things healthy. Absolutely. Right? And so, um, you know, there's been some times where, you know, just logistics of planning when communion's going to be, those types of things come up. But it, then it goes even further of has anything happened or, you know, been a part of this family. So the taking the year off, back to that, because I kind of jokingly said we'll get to that in a little bit because somebody might mm-hmm. say, what on earth are you doing if you got to take a year off from right. it? Uh, one of the um, unspoken things about being in the deacon ministry and you can tell me better about mm-hmm. this, I would think is that carrying the responsibility of, right? I mean, right. You're, you're driving down the road. You know you're a deacon at a growing, healthy church. You're carrying the responsibility of that. And if you never served in the first place, that in and of itself is enough to pull on you. Right. That's <laughs> right. And because the reality is the process is – you know, to some degree, we're called to do that. You know, yep. Yep. It, it's placed on our hearts, and mm. somebody nominated us right. to serve. And then to go through the the process, the vetting process, I guess, and, and the, the prayer that goes behind it for the church body to elect me to serve. And then even from the, the deacon body, you know, 14 people. I don't know that I voted for myself, but um, for, you know, <laughs> there was a group of people that elected me to serve as chairman 
of the deacons. Yeah, were you present that night? You I don't think I was. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it is because we're elected by the body to serve, there is a little bit more, mm-hmm. you know, carried mm-hmm. to say, I need, I, I have an obligation, you know, to to do the best that I can, you know, to serve right. where I can and contribute right. where I can. Well, and it's, um, you know, some of the discussion, let's just talk about that election process for just a mm-hmm. moment, because I think that's a little bit confusing to some people, because there are some people they nominate, you know, they're nominated first by the church body. The church body has recognized someone that's that right. has the qualities of serving and is already active in serving, and so they nominate someone, but not everybody makes it to that voting list. And you talked about, you, you know, we, you'd have to be a member—I forgot what it is here. Is it five years? I think you have it's to be a member years, of Peninsula yeah. for five years before you're elected as a deacon. Um, and so they might fall in that three-year point, and people say, well, why? You know, they're awesome. Well, you're right. They're awesome. And we hate the fact that they can't be a deacon yet, too. Right. But that's in place for a purpose and a reason. Um, but then the process of— you know, if someone's aspiring to be a deacon, um, it's not a campaign trail, right? Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm going right. to be a deacon, and I want to fix things at this church. That's not really what the what the call to the office of deacon is about, right? Is it? And and when you know when folks are nominated, you know we we I've had those conversations with those that have been nominated, and it's not you know right or wrong or anything, but we ask, are you willing to serve? Right. In the next three years. And in many cases, it's not that they're, an individual may not be interested, but they're serving in other places. Right. This is an added layer of responsibility Absolutely. or commitment, mm-hmm. and it's perfectly fine. You know, pray about it. You know, the, it is a, it, it's a, gosh, a bigger commitment than just yourself. I mean, it's scripturally, you, yeah. you know, it involves the wife. Yeah, it does. And so we have some amazing men here who are in love with Christ and serving the church body well, who have never served as a deacon. The pastors, and I don't believe anyone else, but I'll speak for myself, Mm -hmm. we don't look down on that particular individual because they hadn't served as a deacon just because they can. Um, And so they're amazing people. They're serving the body well. And, uh, you know, they may say, I just don't feel like God wants me to do that particular thing because I'm being used here and I don't need to be used there. So. Boy, you can't argue with that. If that's what's on your heart, then <laughs> yeah. that, that's that's great. But uh, so it's a it's an opportunity to serve, and it as you're talking riding down the road, brain you know in high gear, thinking about all these different different opportunities, and you know there are so many opportunities to serve in the church. Mm-hmm. The deacon ministry is another opportunity, a little bit different than to to maybe fill in the gaps in some areas that aren't filled by other committees or right. resources or staff that the church has. And, you know, not just the ears for listening or the mouth to speak to certain things, but being aware of, boy, there's a gap. There's an opportunity for a ministry to take care of an individual or a family or a group of people mm-hmm. that we're, we just haven't grown as a church body, haven't grown to the point of a consistent ministry to fill that. So that's where we can step in and meet. Yeah, that need. and and I, I I have to be educated a little bit myself on it because I, I've always been one that I try to value people's time, mm-hmm. and probably to a fault sometimes. And I think you looked at me one time, and I was talking about something that was going on, you know, and you just looked at me and you said, um, 
let the deacons help. Let us know what's going on. Let us help there. And I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. What am I doing? <laughs> I mean, it was, a, it was an education thing for me, too, uh, to be able to be reminded that we're, we're in this together. We're walking arm in arm in this together, and we're trying to do life, trying to navigate you know, the culture around us, trying to mm-hmm. shepherd a church well, trying to love on each other. And uh, so it's, it's just kind of that thought process. Let's talk yeah. about the chairmanship. Now, you didn't come in your first year, and suddenly you were the chairman. Um, I think we have some stipulations to be in the chairman, too, right, uh, as far as the process. I think you have to yeah. be a third-year deacon. Yes. It has to be your rotating out year. But yes. you also served as the vice chairman. That's correct. So your second, second year going in, you're elected as vice chairman. And then if it works you know, and you're able to, then you roll right into the chairman position. And so I think that's, that's I think that's a healthy way to do it. So the person who is serving as the vice chairman right now will be the chairman next year. That's correct. And then they'll rotate off. Yep. For so a year. it gives you know in many cases we have you know long term members deacons that have served a number of times and and so they're a little perhaps used to the role and and the flow of things. But either way, the vice chairman gets to watch, observe, contribute, fill in, you know, when the, the chairman isn't available kind of thing, but kind of get acclimated to that role. Um, so they're better prepared in, you know, when their time comes in that third year. So talk about the structure of the, di- so we talked about the, we have the chairman, the vice chairman, mm-hmm. what else does Peninsula have as far as breaking out of the responsibility? Because I know that there's People are responsible for certain things right. on the deacon body. Right. We do have an individual that is assigned or volunteers, voluntold, to uh, <laughs> to kind of take the minutes, the notes of our meetings, and distribute those back um, to the staff and to, to the deacon body for those that may not be able to make the meeting. So all of that is recorded. Um, but beyond that, there, there are a few roles that we've fill in every day every month every every year kind of service one is the communion yeah right, right. being able to take communion so there we elect somebody to kind of head that effort and make sure that we have deacons scheduled for each service at each door you know come early to prepare for that um and you know just kind of organize that so you know what a what a blessing to have people that mm. step up for that same thing with the baptisms you know when when you let us know that there's hey, we have a baptism coming one week two or three days you know whatever that may right. be <laughs> we're able to you know there's a small group of men that that are tasked with organizing that making sure that things are in place so that you show up and it goes seamlessly. It's there. I have to laugh. I have to tell this story. Uh, I was speaking one Sunday, and we were talking about baptism in the message for some reason. It was just flowing, and I kind of off the cuff said, we will fill the baptistry with water anytime. We don't want you to have to wait for the date if it works better for you. And I caught eyes with the one that's over <laughs> the baptism thing, and he just smiled. <laughs> and it kind of hit me in the back of my mind. I know what he's thinking. Oh, yeah, thanks, Daniel. I appreciate that. <laughs> Five minutes before, go fill up the tank real quick. <laughs> well, we do want to make sure the heater is on. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That'll be a very memorable baptism for that person. Be quick. <laughs> but the, the third primary area is benevolence right mm-hmm. you know there's there's a group of men that have volunteered to kind of be the you know as needs 
come through the church office or otherwise that there there are you know funds available to right. help and you know it's sort of an anonymous group yeah. that um, can can sift through those needs pray about it and and kind of help steer um, how right. we can fit the helping those be needs. a good steward of yeah. God's money Right. But with a generous, compassionate heart. That's what I have sensed from those guys that are overseeing right. the benevolence needs that are within our own church body, but also within the community as well. Right, right. It's a, you know, it can be a challenging ministry there yeah, to, to go through that and see, but, but to be able to, using your words, to be good stewards of what mm-hmm. God's provided. Yeah. So. Absolutely. That is amazing. Um, I, I, one thing that I kind of wanted to mention, you know, I talk about a lot of things going on behind the scenes, something that really touched my heart one Sunday when I was walking in. We were having communion on that Sunday, and the deacons had gathered in the fellowship hall kitchen to kind of organize it, put it in right. place and get it ready and everything. And that had already taken place. And when I walked by, the men that were deacons had circled up and were having prayer mm. for the communion that day. And that just really, I thought, that that's something people will not ever see and catch right. and know that's going on, that the communion they're about to take has been prayed over by faithful, loving men in the church. And uh, I, that kind of stuff, David... When that's going on, and I know that's going on, and I know the hearts of the men is to serve well, helps me speak more boldly from about God's Word, because I'm not worried about certain things that's going on in the church, because there's other men, and women too, mm-hmm. that are praying for the unity of and the honoring of God right. and, and, and His family here, and that's, that's what we've got to protect. And that's what this whole ministry, the deacon body, is about, is being able to take care of those things. So, Daniel, go prepare, get in the right space, and go do what only you can do. Let us take care of some of those other things, and and hopefully so you can rest assured that it's taken care of. You can you can do what you need to do. Yeah, and that, that's an amazing way to organize it. I kind of feel like that maybe... God knew what he was doing when he organized the church. What do you think? You think? Uh, yeah. I think he thought <laughs> and, about it. And at the same time, uh, is using humans to do it. And so we're going to err. We're going to stump our toes. That are weak. Frustrate and, one another. Right. We're gonna, <laughs> right. right. Uh, communication's key, though. I've always said, if you're frustrated with someone, just go sit down with them and talk and find out what's actually going on. Right. You know, Just don't let it fester because, boy, will it fester. <laughs> <laughs> well, so yeah. that's, that's awesome. Anything so, else for the deacon ministry that you would like for the listeners to hear? Well, I... Gosh, I think it's interesting that um, in many cases the members don't know who the deacons are. So true. So and true. not that that's right or wrong. I mean, we are behind the scenes, mm-hmm. but at the same rate, we do want to be um, a conduit for information, of support. And and so I think you know we can always – but. Goodness, about the time we start learning and acclimating to who the deacons are, it's time for another election. I know, right? another so rotation coming through. Yep. But, you know, we can, you know, continue to to try and emphasize that, that we're available. You know, that's, that's what we're here for, to serve and to help, you know, the ministries of the church be more effective so that those executing those ministries mm-hmm. can can focus on that. Yeah, and it gives the... 
you know, the body a place to come to. Like, you know, even our Sunday school teachers or our children's leaders or, you know, they may, they overhear things that's going on in families, you know, and they have a place to come right. to if they, hey, I know so-and-so's a deacon. So, yeah, we probably as a church need to figure out a little bit better communication way to keep the names and faces of our deacons in front of the body right. so that they're aware of who they are. Now the deacons listening to this are going, no, wait, wait. <laughs> I was trying to fly under the radar. <laughs> no, I'm just teasing. They're not like that. But um, yeah. 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 So I don't know. I might go back to the drawing board on that a little bit and talk to some of the other staff and see if there's a way that we can make that a little better known, you yeah. know, whether it's, you know, I think I think when the nominations are happening, I think we put pictures up online when people are voting right. and things like that. So at least they're putting a face with a name, right? Um, but and and you know as we continue to grow and and you know have multiple services, you know the the times and places that the deacons or anybody is serving. So you know now we're we're coming across people that. We don't. We've never seen before because they're they're worship making or serving at other services, right? And right. You ever, have you ever out of the twenty years been here walked up to somebody and say, "Hey, I'm so glad you're here today," and they go, "Well, I've been coming for five years all the time, <laughs> all the time." Uh, by the way, just let me kind of put this little commercial break in there. Uh, don't be afraid to walk up to somebody and say that, and if they say that back to you, don't be offended, That's right? Because right. we have two different services and we get in a routine, mm-hmm. and if we just happen to leave, happen to break our routine one day and run into somebody we haven't seen, yeah. it's okay if you say, hey, I'm so-and-so, and they say, well, I've been here for five years. I mean, it's okay. That's just just make yeah. it funny, laugh about it, and move on. We're- hey, we, we can mix <laughs> things up and move around where we sit in the worship <gasps> service. Oh, I don't know now. That's a whole different podcast. <laughs> you see a whole different group of people. Yeah, that's right. Uh, one time I asked my wife if she was in the service because I didn't see her. And she goes, I was sitting on the other side. And I was like, oh, <laughs> you were out of place. And so <laughs> she moves around occasionally. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of, kind of fun. Excellent. Well, that's amazing. So uh, if someone had wanted to speak to you specifically about something that they want to talk about the deacons with, how is best to get in touch with you? Uh, pigeon? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> pigeon mail? Or, Wait for me in the parking lot. That's right. no, <laughs> what kind of car do you drive? <laughs> uh, again, my name is David Dowdy, and you know, happy to chat with any anyone about anything. You know, yeah. My phone number if it's if that's easy for well, phone if, if or you're text, okay with it i'm sure. not suggesting you do that but yeah, you, it's zero four four hundred four three five eight happy to chat you know goodness i don't have all the information you know i don't have all the answers or anything mm-hmm. but more than willing to talk and and be a conduit or some guidance or service or whatever that may be Right. Amazing, always open, Amazing. and and I just one last. It is such an honor to serve this church body, and it's exciting to see what's going on at Peninsula and in this community. But to be a a part of the deacon group that's elected to serve and and to do what we do, man, it's such a great group of godly men that are, mm. you know, that are just jumping in doing. We're living busy lives just like everybody else. Right, right. But to see as opportunities come or needs come, just to come out of the woodwork. And it's not just current deacons. It's those that have served before are always on call. And it's just such a neat thing to see and be a part of. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Well, David, thank you for your time. 
today Absolutely. and coming in and talking about an honor. Um, the Office of Deacon at Peninsula. And I hope you, the listener, have gained some insight on some biblical call of what the church does, why the church should do it, and then specifically how Peninsula does it. And so I think it's been a good time. Thank you for joining us today. And as always, we hope you have an incredibly blessed day.